I will continue to realize that God is on the throne and that we are the people of God that he set apart for his purpose. God has a, a mission that he is on in the earth. And the people that he's going to use, how many of you know that Jesus is not on the earth today, physically, bodily? Amen? How many of you saw Jesus last Sunday here? <laughs> Except Mark and Mega in their hearts. Right? But there is a concept called the, the body of Christ. And, and the Bible speaks about how we are members of his body, of his bones, and of his flesh. The scripture wants to show us that our participation in the life and ministry of Jesus is a reality. It is not just a concept. It's not just an idea. Amen? And this morning, we want to equip you as saints, as messengers, as ministers of reconciliation, as we go through our series called Just One. Take the risk. And it is so important that as a church, we, we change our focus from just being consumers, those who come to church and you just eat whatever is available, to being part of God's rescue mission. Amen? How many of you know at least two people that don't know the Lord Jesus? Wow. Some of you need to make new friends. If you don't have any friends that are not saved, you need to get out a little bit more. Amen? And so it's really critical that the body of Christ is not paralyzed. Amen? It is, it is so key that the body of Christ is not paralyzed. Now this morning, we're going to start our message. It's called the SALT Principle. And the man that was speaking over there, is, his name is Rice Brooks. And he is internationally one of our apostolic leaders. And they were the ones that planted an every nation church in, in the Philippines during, during the civil unrest there on the campus. And today it's a global movement that plants churches all over the world, especially in the, in the regions where the gospel has never been heard. And the way that they have managed to build church is not around a personality. Amen? Last week I was joining Aunt Catherine and the team at our hospital service, hospital ministry. And just the fact that there were four or five of them going into the forensics unit where people are being kept who had certain mental situations and they maybe committed certain things that were against the law or they're being kept there by, by the order of the government. And Aunt Catherine was in the midst of that place. You should see her. And she was, there's a quad where, where they, they put the chairs in, in, in like an L shape over there. And those men and, and women are all standing in a, in a group like this. And she begins to sing, Right in the midst of them, there's no one, there's no one like Jesus. While you see the manifestation of people that are not totally in their right mind. Or that are completely oppressed by demonic influences. But Aunt Catherine is there <laughs> in the midst of them. Sharing the joy of God and the love of God. She could have been here. Praise God. No shadow you won't light up. Mountain you won't climb up. Sunday after Sunday. All the overwhelming, reckless 
this love of God. I <laughs> enjoying a Sunday service and afterwards some cookies and tea. Mm, this is good. Praise God. But she is not here. Neither are those that are with her. She is in the midst of those that Jesus died for. There is a major difference between you coming to know Christ and getting to know him to the point where it moves your heart with the things that move his heart. And it would fail us if we come to church for 20 years, 25 years, 45 years, and we have never had a conversation with someone sharing the Jesus that you are so committed to. Amen? The Bible says in the book of Matthew, if you give us it the next slide, that you are the salt of the earth. Some of the men are like, what is that? <laughs> you need to help your wife in the kitchen. <laughs> this is a salt shaker. Especially if you braai, you usually have a different type. It's mixed with all sorts of spices. Uh, the Bible says that you are the salt of the earth. And this is Jesus speaking. You are the salt of the earth. Look at the person next to you and say, you. You, you. <laughs> you are the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. How many of you, when you're about to have your lunch or your dinner, bring the food out, right? And then just put the salt on the table, but you don't allow the salt to mingle and engage with the food. What is the use of bringing salt onto the table if it is not going to be sprinkled into the earth? And Jesus is saying that I have not called you as salt to come into the salt shaker at Dorado Park. And all the salts are just together, my God. It's salty in here. <laughs> no. We are meant to be dispersed and sprinkled Throughout the earth. To give it its flavor. To give it its preservation. To give it its ultimate, ultimate purpose of what God had in mind. It goes on to say, you are the light of the world. Some of you have this idea, I'm the light in my family. No. You are the light of your whole neighborhood. Your whole workplace. Your whole university campus, your entire city, your entire nation, and the nations of the world. Amen? Now, sometimes there are things that keep us from being effective, and there are things that keep us from allowing God to use us. But the word of God teaches us that God has given us enough to be able to send us into the world confidently and to know that we are going to be able to share exactly what he has in mind for us. Amen? 
Give us evidence. This is Billy Graham. He said, I've never known a man who received Christ and ever regretted it. And there are many of us who have an apprehension or a fear or some kind of nervousness about sharing the gospel. About telling someone about salvation that is in Christ Jesus, the life that they are able to find in Christ. But you must keep in mind that they will never ever regret that moment. What we might have done in the past is we had some kind of violent debate with someone. Probably a colleague at work or someone from class or something. And then or, or a cousin in the family. And then we so soured the relationship with our arrogance that they regretted the day that they met us. Is that how it is when you sprinkle salt on your food? And yet there, there should be a concept to say don't, don't overdo the saltiness. Don't take us all the way to Wolfish Bay. But sprinkle, sprinkle yourselves with the grace of God, with the love of God. Let your, let your words be seasoned with salt. And you're able then to not only create a flavor, but you will also be able to foster a thirst for living water. Mm. Amen? Or for the wine of the word. Start a conversation. Tell the person next to you, start a conversation. conversation. With your friend friend. and strangers. strangers. (laughs) How many of you know people immediately when they come into the elevator, they take out the cell phone and it's like, (laughs) please don't talk to me, please. (laughs) And the word of God teaches us that we have this message that brings life. In the book of Romans, it says, how will they believe on the one whom they have not heard? As much as your good behavior has been showing up in the workplace, how will they believe on the one whom they have not heard? How will they hear if no one tells them? Start a conversation. Ask questions. You see the God test that was handed out this morning. This is not supposed to go and lie in your cupboard this week. There are 10 questions in here that are supposed to open people up in their assumptions so that they begin to think about spiritual things. Amen? One of the questions, let's go to be practical about this. Side A, and, and please, when you're starting the conversation, and you're asking the questions, try and memorize these 10 questions. You can say them in your own words, right? You can say them in your own words, but try and memorize them so that it doesn't look like you're passing them through your cult, cult material, <laughs> right? Well, just hold on. Now that the conversation is going where I feel the Lord is taking it, let me take out my booklet. No. Okay? So the first one is, do you believe in God? Another way to ask this question is, have you grown up in a Christian family? Amen? Now, let me just guide you in this. If you start a conversation and you say, hi, Justina, how are you this morning? I'm good. How was the weekend? Great. 
Okay. Your hair looks so nice. Hmm? Where did you get? Uh, so you have the natural side, right? You have the natural side. Don't go straight into the spiritual side. Be like, can't we talk about something like, you know, my, my sexuality or something less personal than, less personal than my belief in God? Right? Because the world nowadays, they're willing to talk about everything. Except my belief in God. That's sacred. So you start in the natural. And then you switch over to the spiritual things. Okay? You remember Jesus at the well? He spoke to a woman at Samaria at a well. And this woman was coming to draw water. Jesus didn't say immediately, do you worship God? The time is coming when the worshipers will worship God in spirit and in truth. Such are the ones that God is seeking. No. He asked her, can you give me some water? He started in the natural. And slowly but surely started moving onto the spiritual things. Asking her about her husband and starting to minister in the prophetic. Okay. So it's important that you realize this is something that happens deliberately. Tell the person next to you, start a conversation. So after you start a conversation, you ask the questions. And once you ask the questions, you listen. You listen. Why? Because you're going to respond based on what they are telling you. It's not just, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Does evil exist? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? This is not a job interview. Okay? You... You ask the questions because you are interested in them. Is that clear? How many of you know people that you care a lot about? They might be a family member or a really great friend, and they don't know the Lord. Raise your hand. And sometimes it is your, your very love for them, apparently, that makes you say, like, I, I, can't, I can't share with them about Jesus. I don't want to ruin this friendship. And one day, when Jesus returns, they will come and say, Mega, we always had such wonderful coffee meetings and conversations. Did you know about this Judgment Day situation? Because you are one of my best friends. You always told me how much you cared about me and you loved me, willing to help me with my assignments and whatever. But you never told me about the thing that will be most critical in my entire existence. In my entire existence. Start a conversation, ask questions, listen intently, and then tell the story. Give us here the next slide. Since people are valuable to God, we must boldly, intentionally, and strategically engage our culture and community in order to have an opportunity to preach the gospel. This is something that is deliberate. And for some of us, look, you almost have to get yourself out of your comfort zone. Why? The enemy does not want anybody to preach the gospel. The enemy does not want you to be bold enough to share the good news with anyone. 
So all those feelings of nervousness and all those reasons why you shouldn't share the gospel, all of that could be part of the spiritual warfare to keep your beloved out of the hands and the heart of God. But God has put the greater one inside of us. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So that when we begin to engage in the things of God and begin to share the gospel. The Bible says in, in the book of Matthew 28 that I will be with you until the end of the age. As you are going to the ends of the world. As you are going to your family. As you are going to your friends. As you are going to those who don't know Jesus. That Jesus promised that he will be with you. Amen. It is so important that we realize that we are not alone as we share the gospel. And let me say this. This is an imperative. Look, an imperative means it must be done. It is not something that is optional, church. For those of you who are Christians here, let me announce to you. Let me announce to you. And as, as, a, as a senior pastor of this church, that sharing the gospel is not an optional portion of the buffet. Sharing the gospel is an imperative of a Christian believer. It doesn't matter what it is you need to do. You must share the gospel. The apostle Paul said this, woe be unto me. I'm in danger if I preach not the gospel. And many of us have grown up thinking that it's going to be something that I can do if I feel like it or if I don't feel like it. There's no such thing. Imagine that the person who preached the gospel to you so that you could be saved and know Jesus today. Imagine if they decided that day that, mm, no, I, I feel too inconvenienced by this person. And sometimes we take it as if no, it is the person who is called into the full-time ministry. Those who are ordained as pastor. Pastor Caroline can go and preach the gospel to my friend. But the Bible says that we are the ones who have been entrusted with the ministry. We are the ones who are called to preach the gospel to this lost world. It was Charles Spurgeon who said, If the lost are going to perish, if they are going to go to hell, let them at least stumble over our bodies as we try and block them on their path to destruction. Let it not be an open road where we are just, <laughs> hello my brother, <laughs> hello my sister, greeting every day, every day they meet you, they experience your kindness and they never ever get to hear about the fact that they are on their way to destruction and they could be rescued if they heard your voice. No, but Pastor Chris, I'm too popular. <laughs> Come on, I'm too important for this. I have a social media profile that cannot be tainted by all these Christian things. You know how the false prophets are going around. I don't want to be associated with these Jesus things. And Jesus said that on that day, before the angels of God, those who were ashamed of me before men, I will be ashamed of them before the angels of God. Look at the person next to you and say, are you ashamed of the gospel? Yes. 
Stop it. Romans chapter 1 verse 16 and 17, the apostle Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. Because in the gospel is revealed the power of God and the righteousness of God, which is by faith from first to last. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. The reason why we are not ashamed of the gospel is because it is good news and it is the truth. But you know why I'm here to say I'm not ashamed of the gospel? Because there is a spirit, an evil spirit, that tries to persecute. It's called the spirit of antichrist. It tries to persecute you every time you try and share the gospel. Someone is thinking, oh, couldn't we have come to church just for an encouraging message? <laughs> About the economy or something. (laughs) You know what? It is the greatest privilege. To be able to share the good news with someone. And for years after that moment. They will be telling their friends. Their families. They will be telling their children. Their grandchildren. About that day when that other guy invited me for coffee. And started to speak to me about spiritual things. And I gave my life to Jesus. And they will say with tears in their eyes. The guy was too busy. He was too busy. He had his family. He had his own things. But he took time to sit with me. And to share words by which I was saved. Thank God for him. Thank God for her. The reward of the harvest. I hope that as we go through this series, that all your excuses. You know, the the enemy is very good with providing Christians excuses. You know, I've been living quite a long time on the earth. I know all the excuses that you can use. And the scriptural references. He will give you excuses why you shouldn't preach the gospel, why you shouldn't love your wife, why you shouldn't be in church, why you shouldn't serve, why you shouldn't be prosperous, why you shouldn't... All the excuses are there. You begin to live the life that God has called you for when you decide that no excuses anymore. Salt. Let's be salt and light. God has not called us to congregate like this without us going out and preaching the gospel to those who do not know. Look at the person I see when last and tell them when last did you share the gospel with someone? For some people, the only gospel they shared was in 1990, 1990. Namibia is independent. (laughs) That was the last good news. Hmm? Now ask them, when last did did you share with someone a discount that was taking place at a shop? (laughs) You posted on all your profiles. Discount. It is so important, church. 
you know, the world today, the world today is getting more evil and more evil. We will have to come to the point where you make a decision whether you are going to be a sheep or a goat. Choose today whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we have chosen to serve the Lord. I'm telling you, we have not seen the kind of evil that is going to be so accessible. It is quickly, quickly advancing. The the New Testament speaks about how they will invent new ways of being evil. Absolutely. You have to choose before you are in in the shackles and the mud and the quicksand of the world. Choose today, while you are sitting in the service, 8 o'clock service this morning, choose that my life is going to be for the glory of God. 100%. 100%. We're going to take a few minutes to listen to a testimony from, from Mervyn, and then we'll go into the details of what the gospel entails, and then we'll pray. So just encourage Mervyn as he comes up. Morning, guys. Uh, 2016, uh, we went out with our first outreach to Supak and town, town, town area. Uh, and um, I met a guy called uh, Matthews uh, in, in Zupac, and uh, I introduced myself, and I chatted where he was and who I was, and uh, I also asked him whether he knows the meaning of his name, he said no, and right there we googled, and we both saw that it means gift of God. So, so that was a good start for me. <laughs> yes, so, so um, after introducing myself, uh, I asked the questions. But then I already knew the quick questions, but uh, I asked the quick questions. And as he was answering, even though some of the questions were not in line with what he was saying, I still listened. And, and back of my mind, I was making mental notes, mental notes. And, and uh, there, uh, after asking questions, uh, I shared my story. And even after that, he did not uh, make the decision to follow Jesus. But I said, no, it's fine. Uh, you are from Hendes. Oh, no, it's fine. Let, let's ex- exchange numbers. And since 2016, I've been in touch with this guy. I was just there, not preaching, but just asking how he's doing and stuff. And then he started trusting me. And then when he started trusting me, he Open, started open up about his life, his upbringing, and, and how things were tough. And then I started blessing him with what God was giving me, you know. And, and that kept going, kept going. And then um, two weeks ago, God told me to get this guy to Wintook. And I said, oh, and he started calling me big brother. Uh, since September last year, he started calling me big brother. So this means that now 
I have now right to say things to him and <laughs> as his brother, <laughs> you know, and uh, I've been praying for him and, uh, and, and, and I, I said, little brother, um, I want to send you some money so that you can just come and stay a few days with me. And then I ewallet money and he came within hours and then I realized that he also has a little daughter uh, in Khrot Oak, is it a few kilometers outside Winter? And I said, call, your, uh, call the mother of the child to bring the child so that you can meet also your daughter. And, um, and they met. I, and, and Saturday, last week, last week Saturday, the mother and the child came to, to my apartment and I cooked, but I burned everything. <laughs> <laughs> I cook burevors and rice, but I burn the most basic, basic food. But my heart was in the right place, guys. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> no, they just a little bit. I know, I don't blame them. I don't blame them. But anyway, Monday came, I, I decided to buy pizza from Pick and Pay and so that I can put it in oven. It turned out well, guys. So that one, I put it in, I monitored the oven every second and, and me and Matthew sat on my balcony and we ate and while we were eating, I shared my story again. Retell my story again, just to refresh. And it really helped me to share the gospel again. And after that, we went to bed. While I was at work, Tuesday, around 12-ish, he, he said, Big Brother, I believe I'm now ready to give my life to Jesus. <laughs> after two years. And then, <laughs> and then I said, okay, just come quickly to, to, to work and we will go to Zubak. And where I have reached him two years ago, that's where he gave his life. Tuesday, 20, 24th April, 2.45. That's when I ushered him into the kingdom of God. You know? yeah. Awesome. Wow. I mean, that is just one story. Huh? Marvin has so many stories. Could you tell the effort, the, the apparent effort for a stranger, right? And this is it, that God has given us everything that we need to be able to be salt and to be light. Give us it on the slide here. So the first part of, of the gospel is Romans 3.23. It says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It means that whether you are a criminal, whether you're an atheist, whether you grew up as a Christian, whether you even grew up and you have a theological degree, all have sinned and do not qualify for righteousness before God. Okay? So after you tell your story, you share your testimony about how God touched you, quickly go back a a slide or two. 
where we see the guy testifying. <laughs> That's Mark Zuckerberg. He had to explain himself. And it says in 1 Peter 3, always be ready to give an explanation to anyone who asks you for the reason for your hope. When should you be ready? Always. Always be prepared to explain in basic terms, please. You don't have to say, you know, I was fallen. I was fallen. <laughs> Just say I used to do a lot of wrong things, you know. My life was messed up, you know. I thought I was a good guy. Right? And so a good testimony tells about where I was before Jesus, how I met Jesus, and how I am now. And this is when Mervyn is saying, my story. He's sharing from his personal heart about what happened in his life. After listening to the person, you share with, there's such a connection that the Holy Spirit makes when we're there compassionately sharing the gospel. Amen? Give us a second point to tell, tell the story. So the first one is, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The second one is, Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death. Meaning, the salary at the end of the month for sinning is death. The bonus payment <laughs> for sin is death. There's a quote here. It says, sin wouldn't be so attractive if the wages were paid immediately. <laughs> Amen? How many of you would have avoided many things if you knew that as soon as I partake, I will die on the spot. Amen. Destruction, destruction has its time. And many times the judgment of God is stayed because he's being patient. Because he wants the kindness of God to lead us to repentance. Amen. So first of all, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23. Then second, Romans 6.23, the wages of sin are death. And then Romans 6.23 continues on that very same scripture. It says the wages of sin are death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The wages of sin are death, and the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. And as you're sharing with this person, you must know that there is a Holy Spirit that is more eager to convict this person and con convince them about what you're saying and to convince them about their sinful state before God. You don't have to try and press. You, you sinner, say after me, sinner, sinner. <laughs> you don't have to try and press so much with your condemnation skill. Right? You just share the gospel and share the scripture and share your life and what is important is compassion must be flowing from your heart. Right? You share with compassion and the Holy Spirit will be working together with you, stirring their hearts. And this is not something like at the end if the person, if you ask them, okay, are you ready now to, to give your life to Christ? And they say no. Then you're like, ah! What a waste of my time. No. Yeah? If God is patient, you be patient. Right? And so you continue to encourage them. And, and you ask them, you know, you ask them, would you like to receive Christ? Amen? 
Give us in the next one. Acts 2, verse 36, it says, Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Savior. So after he rescues you, you come under submission of his lordship. And the Bible says that the fool said in his heart, there is no God. And God has put eternity in the hearts of men. Everyone knows there's a God. The reason why they are trying to suppress the truth is because of their unrighteous deeds that they do in darkness. But once they hear about the justification and the forgiveness of God and that there's a merciful God, they are going to be willing to divorce their life of sin. And the Holy Spirit comes into, into their lives to begin to, to stir the new life in them. Is this clear? So you came to church this morning, you learned something, eh? And the important thing is to apply it. To apply it. We, we started our connect group at Elisenheim the other day. And we started putting together names of people that we're going to trust God for conversations. You know how sometimes when you're in a gated community, you just want to mind your own business. Sometimes you think, oh, my wall is not high enough. <laughs> but as believers, the word of God tells us that we are to entertain strangers. Because some have entertained angels doing so. Yeah? Our lives are no longer our own. Wives, look at your husband if you are married and say, our lives are no longer our own. Amen? Look at the person next to you and tell them, your life is no longer your own. Share it. Jesus paid for it. Share it generously. Amen? It is so key. It is so key. And I'm going to pray just now that the Holy Spirit will begin to convict our hearts concerning the, the, the hardness, the hardness that we've had against those who don't know Christ. And if we've seen people in their sins, that we have had a judgmental attitude and hoped that fire would come from heaven and devour them. Uh, God will move our hearts with compassion and say, no, I, I need to pray, I need to... I need to I need to send the e-wallet. They need to come to my house and eat some burnt food. <laughs> and they need to start to experience the love of Christ through me. Amen? Sometimes you will sow a seed and someone else will reap it. Sometimes you will water a seed that someone has already planted. And sometimes you'll have the privilege of harvesting. Amen? So let us stand. Just put, put your hand on your heart like this. Put your hand on your heart like this. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you. I know that I'm not condemned. I know that I'm loved. Today, I thank you for the privilege of being able to bring people into your kingdom. Take away the hardness in my heart, oh God. 
take away the lack of concern in my heart. Fill my heart with mercy. Fill my heart with compassion. Take away every excuse. Teach me to love people as I love myself. Holy Spirit, we will go together. Thank you that I'm not alone. Wherever you send me, you will give me wisdom. You will give me courage. You will give me compassion. You will give me miraculous signs to support me as we harvest together. As we love people together. Today is a new day. I'm no longer just going to sit in church. I'm going to be salt in the midst of the world. In the name of Jesus.